welcome to Maiden Speech. My name is Monica Ferguson, portrait photographer and self-love advocate from New Zealand. Each week, we bring you an inspiring person or message to uplift and empower you. Thanks for hanging out. Now let's get into it. It's recording. Hello, Zareen. She's back. Hi, Monica. So good to have you back. I reckon today could go any direction, like probably 80 different directions. (laughs) As per most of our conversations. Yeah, I reckon. But that's all right. We will will stay focused. (laughs) Now, today, and this has been floating around in my head for a little while, of course, in the shower again, it came through and your face came through in the shower that's how we roll. And I'm actually so intrigued to see what you're going to say about this because I have a feeling it's all going to weave together in some amazing poetic way, like with the, the previous topics that we've discussed as well, which is going to be around why we care so much about what other people think. And then just to make it harder for you, ways that we can actually improve that. <laughs> no pressure. So yeah, bomb drop. <laughs> no pressure as I as I weave. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Why do we care what other people think? God, wouldn't life be easier if we didn't care what other people think? I would love that. I would so love that. <laughs> yeah. Yes. There's many different reasons why we care about what other people think. And I think you have to break it down into the context of who the people are. You know, mm-hmm. whose opinion do you actually care about? But one of, one of the most interesting things that I thought about when it comes to why do we care what other people think is around, like, if you can think about when you, when you are thinking to yourself, oh, are they going to judge me? I wonder what they think, rah, rah, rah. I think a good question to ask yourself when you get to that point is, am I projecting onto them something that I feel about myself? For example, say I had told everyone, oh, I don't have much money this month. I can't come out with you. I can't do this. I can't do that. And then I went and bought like a new car or you know, something fancy. And then I'm worried, oh, they're going to think like, was I lying? Was I this? Was, was I that? Why have I spent my money on this? And then I'm thinking, well, how much of that is actually my buyer's remorse? You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, am I actually thinking about the reasons that I would feel bad for what I've done or how I've behaved? or what I'm about to do, is it because actually there's a part of me that feels like I shouldn't be doing this, or maybe if I fail at this task, you know, then I will feel bad about it. Mm. So that's how I'd start off by talking about judgment, about how other people judge us. I can tell you a story, if you want. Of course, yes. (laughs) And that is, and, and I've written, I wrote a blog about this and I've, I've written, I've touched on it as well in, in my new book, <laughs> plug. Mm. We will discuss, discuss that in depth later on. <laughs> so I had taken my daughter out shopping and I wanted to find, we have a mutual friend, Michelle, Michelle Browning, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. I'm Michelle, a crazy <laughs> teapot, right? Because she collects crazy teapots. And I'd looked everywhere. It was her birthday and I'd looked everywhere and I couldn't find one. And I went to the garden centre and by this time the girls were like, like pissed off because I'd dragged them around this shop, the next shop, all the rest of it. They just wanted to go home. And we went into the garden centre, local garden centre, because they do really nice gifts. And I found mm-hmm. this like t- teapot, but they wanted to stay in the car because they were fed up with me shopping. So I go in and I find this teapot. I'm like, yes. And I think to myself, oh, I'm going to go order myself a coffee. You know, like there's a little cafe inside the garden center. I'll go around there and I'll order myself a coffee while the girls are in the car, get a takeaway one. So I go around and I have my teapot that I've bought. And I go around and 
I see the girls coming in. So I put my arms up in the air and I'm like, ah, you can't catch me. You can't catch me. Because like sometimes <laughs> I like to be a dick. And so I was like running, <laughs> running. And I ran around the corner to where the cafe part is. And if you can imagine at that point, they had like concrete on the floor in the cafe part. Mm-hmm. I just ran around and I was wearing boots because it was like cold outside, like winter kind of time. And I literally, like, my feet literally went from underneath me as I was running. Now, at this point, all the people in the cafe could see was me running, going, you can't catch me, because the girls hadn't made it around the corner yet. <laughs> and there I am. And I slid my came <laughs> from under me. And it ended up on my, like, basically on my ass. And it was lunchtime. Yeah. So the cafe was full, right? And because I made such a crunch when I landed, um, because I wear, you know, I wear like all my bangles and I had all my bangles yeah. on and I had like raised my arm so that the teapot wouldn't, wouldn't break. But my other arm oh, with all my bangles <laughs> went down on the floor, made this almighty crash. Yeah. Girls came running around, but of course everyone had like literally stopped what they were doing or it felt like everyone had stopped what they were doing and they're all <laughs> right. Yeah. And I, was there and I wasn't, I like, I started to laugh, right? And I'm thinking to myself, oh my God, these people must have thought for like a split second that I was high or I was drunk or something. Because to them at that point, like there was nobody there. So who was I shouting to? Like, what was I doing? Landed yeah. But I laughed it off. And I genuinely, like... I didn't feel like really bad. You know the way like something like that you should feel you would think you should feel you should feel bad and embarrassed, you know what? Yeah, it's like if I fall over in public and someone sees me, like I die of embarrassment. Yeah. What can you do, right? And then when I got home, I was thinking to myself, God, you know, there were a lot of people in there. Like, how was I not embarrassed about that? And so I did like all my thinking, thinking, thinking. And I was like, actually, I didn't perceive that as a bad thing. Do you know what I mean? I like my story, my narrative around that was that it was actually quite funny and it was silly. And, and for me, I'm really clumsy. So I was just like, yeah, that's, that's about right. And that's when I started thinking about how we, we judge other people judging us. So yeah. basically, if I had felt bad about that, the reality of what would have happened is I felt bad because I would be thinking, oh, that person is thinking, you know, what an idiot. And that person's laughing and going, haha, that was funny that that happened. And, and all these like negative things that I would be saying to myself that I would think that they were saying. Mm-hmm. So they might be perfect yeah. nice people. And I've put these words into, you know, I'm like looking at them thinking they're saying these words. So now I'm judging them for being harsh people and mean people. I'm judging them, judging me. And mm-hmm. they're even judging me. Well, I don't know, you know? So, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Quite, and that, that was, I think, that was when I realized, that was when I connected about how we can change that, you know, that narrative that we have. Yeah. When we're feeling yeah. Judged. But I think also, um, before, I, before we, we talk about that, the other thing is, as well, as humans, we have a basic need to belong. We kind of need to fit in and we kind of need to mm-hmm. be in certain areas because way back in the day, staying with the pack is what, what kept us alive. It was like a, it's like a survival mechanism. Yeah. So yep. If we do something and we perceive that the pack look at us and think we're strange or they, they judge us in a negative way, that can cause extreme anxiety because all of a sudden now we're thinking, well, I'm different, I'm isolated, I'm not a good person. And speaking of the not a good person, so we have a thing in our brain, we have all these biases in our brain and there's a lot of them. So I'm just going to talk about this one specifically. Mm-hmm. One which is the confirmation bias. And we have a couple yeah. of things that we tell ourselves, right? And one of them is we want to believe at our core that we're good people. Mm-hmm. So when someone challenges that, then it's a really uncomfortable feeling for us because it can feel like they're challenging whether or not we're a good person. But we have this confirmation bias that we are good people at our core. 
Yeah. But there are a whole lot of different, I think there's a whole lot of different reasons why judgment um, can affect us or our perception of judgment can affect us. And I think the more that we respect and love and care for someone, the, the more we feel the impact of perceived judgment or actual judgment, mm. we voice it. I also think that it's very hard. I talk about this all the time, eh? Bloody social media. But it's, yeah, I well, do too, yeah. <laughs> but it's, it's really, really difficult, more so, I think, in this day and age. Because in social media, when we put ourselves out there, we've, we feel like we've opened ourselves up to, to judgment. I, um, I was looking at a post online earlier today by a company who were doing a really good thing. And I had a look at some of the comments and man, people were being really mean. You mm-hmm. know, and it's like, wow, wow. Yep. It's, it's Have you- place. social media is such an easy place to project. Yep. And, and the other thing as well is someone might vocally judge you on one day over something that you did. If you did the same thing on a different day and something else was going on differently for them, their judgment may be entirely different. Mm -hmm. That's the other thing we have to be aware of is that we humans are so fickle that someone's judgment upon us. If somebody expresses judgment towards us, you have to go, well, actually you're just projecting that onto me on this day because this is how you feel Mm -hmm. but then it gets complicated as well unless you've like murdered a child or you know done something that is is like like really really harsh then you know you're gonna get judged and you're just gonna have to suck it up because doing stuff like murdering kids is not it's not cool (laughs) <laughs> there's something I won't be putting on a t-shirt <laughs> <Right>? yeah <laughs> yeah interesting so can we just jump back to the confirmation bias thing because I've still got that floating around in my head now yes. I was thinking about this the other day and I was chatting to a male friend right and this is someone who we can easily have like deeper meaningful and that kind of thing and it's fine until that thing of challenging right so if I say to him we were talking about this I was like you know I didn't actually like what you said about this and his reaction was like it honestly surprised me it was very like (gasps) like very reactive very as if I was attacking him you know and it was and I noticed that every single time like I have a conversation like that with this particular friend it's like that's the response it goes straight into I'm being attacked. I need to defend myself. I'm like, but I'm not attacking you. And I found that so interesting that like, it obviously really triggered something, even though it was always delivered like this, with this sort of voice, like with love. It was, it was never about, um, it was just expressing how I feel. It was never about you're, you're this and you're that. And you know, I'm very selective about the language that I use. I feel da 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 da. But I just thought that was so interesting. And that just made me think of that, that maybe that's the thing because maybe he feels like I'm attacking that sense of him being a good person. Yeah. And I think a good question to ask someone when there's a miscommunication like that is rather than say, or oh, I'm not attacking you say, well, obviously that's upset you. What's your belief around that? Yeah. I like the question. Is there any truth in that? <laughs> yes. That is a, yeah. That's a very <laughs> question. Yeah. Yeah. But that's, and I mean, as well, like you have to look at how much does that person respect you, look up to you, all the rest of it. What is it that, that they felt that they were being challenged on? What is their belief around that? Mm. You know, what rule has been broken when you said that? What way are they hearing what you're saying? You know, because like we, we've spoken about this before, about the whole miscommunication. You know? mm-hmm. Like so much of our communication is misunderstood. Mm-hmm. So it is, yeah, and the, yeah, yeah, because we do all want to be, we, we do, most of us would believe at our core, like I, I'm a good person at my core, you know, so yeah. it's challenged, it is difficult. And especially the other thing as well you've got to think is, what else is that, has happened to that person in that, that day or that week or that month before? Because, mm. because your challenge just may be the tipping point of like, 
a whole load of things that they've been challenged on. So where is yeah. their self-efficacy and their self-worth sitting at at the time that you have that conversation? Yeah. You yeah. know, oh man, oh, I love this. Yeah. there's so many different factors that come into play. At least I think yeah. that there are. <laughs> yeah. Totally. I think this is fascinating. And like the projection thing as well. Like it just makes sense that, yeah, and oh, there's so many things in my head. This always happens when I talk to you. Oh, oh yeah. Okay. So where do we go from here then? Like, hmm. Where do I even go from here? <laughs> well, it depends what you want to know. Yeah, my brain. <laughs> what else would you like? Yeah, well, okay, so I guess I'm curious. How do you think in this time of social media and, you know, entrepreneurship and all this sort of thing, where what actually pays quite literally is to be different and to stand out? So how does this impact things? If at our core, what we want is to belong and to fit in and, you know, to be part of the tribe kind of thing. How does that then work? Like to then, because then there's this movement of being authentic, you know, and, and having your own voice and standing out. So how do you think this is actually impacting people? It's very difficult. It's very difficult because as much as we have, we have the need to belong, one of our basic um, needs, like if, if you listen to anything that Tony Robbins talks about, one of mm. our needs is, you know, we, we need to feel that we are unique to, yeah. a certain, you know, to a certain degree. So how do you balance, how do you balance belonging with, with being unique? And the problem is that when, when we look at what's happening at the moment online, in some areas online, people are pushing that uniqueness to like, like the nth degree, mm. so like crazy, crazy degree. Oh, I mean, I've, yeah. heard, I've heard of people who have been seriously injured or even died doing crazy, inf- you know, because they're influencers or whatever, and they're just pushing it to like taking it to the next level. I don't think you should die for that. I don't think you should die for your uniqueness. Unless, <laughs> no, I, no, I agree. <laughs> unless of course it's some you know big brave act that you're doing to save the world you know like if if you're shooting a meteor that's about to hit space if you're like um what was his name bruce willis (laughs) yes that movie what's the name of that movie with ben affleck ben affleck liv tyler sorry i'm going off on a tangent that's all good good. (laughs) yeah how, how do we balance it well first of all first of all, I think you need to really have a good look at how, how you feel like you're talking purely here about social media, right. And, and being a business person. Yep. In this case. Yep. (laughs) So I think first of all, you, you need to be really clear about your boundaries with yourself about judgment and Mm -hmm. what you think about others judging you, you know, when you do really Mm -hmm. get to that point where you care enough for the business, but you don't care enough to, to let things get to you. I think that like finding that, and that's a really hard thing to do, but if you can be as close yeah. as, as you possibly can, then there's one thing. I mean, like to me, that would be the foundation. Authenticity is, is really, really important. Integrity is really, really important. So in your bid to be unique, do not lose either your authenticity or your, you know, your integrity. Don't, don't lose those things. And you have to know that there are, you know, thanks to the World Wide Web, which is, which is an amazing thing, but thanks to our ability to connect everywhere all the time, being unique is a really hard thing to do. Yeah. When you think that millions of people are all trying to do the same thing. And it's okay. You have to really just be okay in yourself and I think you have to look at your expectations as well Mm. what are the goals what are your expectations and you should dream as as high as you can dream but you also have to have balance that if you don't if you're not achieving up there in your dream of course you find a different way to get there but you have to have you have to be grounded as well You know, you have to be like a tethered balloon. You know, that <laughs> <I do the> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but then you can go off up into the air. 
if that makes sense. It does, uh, yeah. Like, yeah, it's just, it's all about balance with every, everything. And I think, like for me personally, I try not to get caught up in what other people are doing in the same kind of areas. So people making a documentary in a similar vein to what the work that Rob and I are doing, you know, I think that's great. Like, because the more information that's out there, the better. With regard to writing uh, my books and stuff, that's fine if everybody writes their book, but I know I have my own writing style and they, these are my own words, so they can never be somebody else's. So I have to be comfortable in that space. I don't stock, stock the competition. <laughs> I don't do any of that. And I find, I find my people who are, to me, who I would call like my role models, you know, mm -hmm. who, the people who I would aspire to have those kind of values in the work that I do. You know, obviously I, I follow what they're doing. I see what they're doing. But outside of that, I don't, I just don't. And I, I mean, I don't know if that's a good thing or not, but it's good for my mental health. <laughs> Yeah. I, don't, I don't get wrapped up in that whole, oh my God, I've, I've not had enough shares. I've not had enough of this. I've not had enough of that. I just, I refuse to go there because I can, I see what that can do. And I understand that I'm human and I understand that I can be sucked into it. Therefore, I set my boundary with myself. Yeah. I just want to get on and do my work and I want to help people. And I'm not going to be able to do that if I'm so busy worrying about what other people think. And, you know, do people love me and all this kind of stuff? No, I'd, I just want to write shit that helps people, make films that helps people. And, that, you know, and that's the space mm. that I want to live in. So I think it's, it's also about, yeah, it's about being grounded and having the balance. And being, and not being afraid. Don't push, don't push yourself to be unique to the point that it pushes you to be something that you're not. You don't, mm. you don't need to be something that you're not because that is not what people need. People I mean, it's not authentic either, mm. right? <laughs> but they don't need something that can just fall off at any moment. Yeah. You know, when, when you're building something, trying to be someone that you're not, at any point that can all be swept away from you. But when you're constantly mm. being who you are, uh, your natural uniqueness will shine through. And that's a yeah. That will be a constant, you know, don't mm. be a five-minute wonder. Yeah. <laughs> no one likes a five-minute wonder. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's so, so true. Mm. Yeah, I once was told, Sorry. I was once told to get more haters. And I remember at the time thinking that it was so crazy. Like, why would you want more haters? And he said, well, because the more haters, the more people that love you, right? And that's the thing. And I feel like it's been such an interesting process. Like the reason I'm asking you about this is because this is something that I've been working through. And I think you do. Like, you know, the, the first thing was starting this podcast. And this is where it was really confronted. Because up until that point, like, yeah, I had my Facebook page and Instagram and I'd make the odd video and stuff. But it was still from a place of kind of safety, you know, and feeling comfortable. This yeah. was the first time that it really, like, Ooh, like I actually felt sick you know <laughs> like, like the first and I always talk about this to people like the very first podcast that I did and um I never posted it ever and I was sitting there and I was like I need tequila shots like I need some liquid courage you know but it's like it's because it's unfiltered like you're uncensored you're just who you are in front of however many people but it's it's so interesting and I was thinking um the other day about this thing of like authenticity and and also like I feel like sometimes maybe it's not so much about what other people think it's it really comes back to what we think right about ourselves so rather than looking at them it, it's about building ourselves up and I think when you're in that really authentic place like where you're doing what you love and what you feel like you're here to do you just feel good it doesn't actually matter like how many likes you have on Facebook you just feel like yeah, this is me. This is what I'm doing. It's, um, and then I was thinking the other day as well, even, yeah, it's like, I think maybe it's also about our ability to truly own what we are here to do. And sometimes I think that's the hardest bit is that we want some sort of qualification or we want to know like, oh yes, now people like your voice matters now. 
you've you know you've reached a point you're at level 10 you now have the ability to start a podcast that people want to listen to but it's like that never happens no one ever says you should write a book now because you're there you just have to write it and hope for the best like (laughs) you know it's like yeah, it's like that validation almost. And I think that's the really interesting thing is like getting, figuring out how to get to a point where you actually validate yourself and you're not looking to anyone else to enforce that belief for you, you know? Oh, totally. Like, don't get me wrong. I do, I, like every time I do a talk, oh man, you ask, you ask anybody who has been up, you know, when, we, when I've done like events <laughs> and there's other female speakers there, you ask any of them, they'll tell you, all Zareen says before she gets on is, I'm going to be sick, I need the toilet, oh my yeah. God, I'm nervous, <laughs> right? Yeah. Because it is nerve-wracking standing up and talking in, in front of like a whole load of people. And that, mm-hmm. that's where that, that judgment thing comes in because I, get, like, I totally get imposter syndrome in those situations. But I think, and I don't know if, I, I don't know, maybe I am, maybe it's some kind of selfishness, I don't know. But I kind of think I wasn't put here for everyone to love me. And certainly not everyone loves me. And I'm okay with that. I would rather, I would rather go to my grave knowing I had written about this, I had written about that, that I'd done this book, that book, that book. I had filled my bucket learning about all of this stuff, connecting with people to talk about this stuff, hearing people's stories finding out the answers, the reason, you know, why, why, answering my curious child within mm. and, and, and making powerful documentaries, you know, like on social issues and stuff like that. And, and not really have ever had a bestseller or, you know, lots of people telling me how wonderful it is and all the rest of it, then have like one or two things and have millions of people tell me how wonderful I am and blah, 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 blah. Yeah. And that's just because, because I just want to learn shit. I just want to learn shit. And I have a lot of words. I love to talk. So writing's a good way for me to get it out. Right. Because Rob's yeah. like, Zareen, you have too many words. Go write. Stop <laughs> talking. But it's also because if you build, if you build your, as, as a business person, if you build your brand and yourself, and your products and everything about your brand, if you build that on the ladder of the pub, you know, public and what, what everyone thinks of you and everyone's into you now and all the rest of it, mm. that can all be taken away from you. Yeah, you totally. Know, it can come in one day and it can go the next. And the thing is, people are busy. People are busy. People have their own lives. People have their own agenda. And as we go through life, we go through different stages. We need different things in our lives. We need to find out about, you know, how to look after a baby when we're pregnant. We need to find out about how to deal with terminal illness when, when that comes around. So we need different things, you know, like me, like hormones, perimenopausal, like I need to find out what is the best way to deal with like my hormones and stuff without, you know, making my family like hit me with a spade and bury me in the garden. So we all need, we all need different things. And the thing is not every piece of information on one subject is the right one for us. I really, I really do feel that it's quite, it's quite dangerous to build your self-efficacy and self-worth upon the fickleness of human nature. Yeah, agreed. And do you know what's so interesting too, is that I've found, so I, this year I kind of got really clear in my own mind that I am more than anything like an advocate for self-worth and that I was going to start having conversations about this all the time everywhere I go you know and what's interesting is that even like a couple of days ago I decided I was going to post a little thing on like Instagram story and call it momspiration and I talked about for like a minute oh, about a, yeah, a reminder that should go on a t-shirt. Monspiration. Monspiration <laughs> Monday. Yeah, there you go. Monday. <laughs> so that's, Mondays yeah. are the best day of the week. But anyway, <laughs> I talked for one minute about a reminder for everyone that you are enough as you are, right? And that you don't have to hustle, that your, your value is not earned based on how many dollars you have or what your status is at work or that kind of thing. And I got like 20 private messages from people saying, thank you so much. I needed to hear that. Da, 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 da. And what's interesting is that exactly what you were saying before, that 
no one else is really talking about this stuff. I just decided to start talking about it first. And now I'm getting all this feedback from people that are like, oh, we needed to hear this. I needed this. I needed this. And I was like, isn't that so interesting that that I feel like is the authentic, authenticity thing where it's like that just kind of was sitting away, like this little voice on my shoulder, like Monica, you need to start talking about this. You need to start talking about this. And then I just started talking about it. And now it's like, yeah, the feedback that I'm getting is really amazing. And maybe that's the point is that our job is actually to tune into those things that we feel really like fired up about and to shine light on it. And from there, that's actually where our power is anyway. And not everyone's going to like it. And that's the thing. But at least if we're really connected to that, because we feel like that's our purpose, then I don't really care. Like if, if you don't like talking about self-worth and personal development, then that's fine but I'm going to talk about it. Like, yeah. it doesn't, we, yeah. <laughs> we, I, I feel like, um, and like, don't get me wrong, um, I'm obviously like ambitious. I'm making this, this documentary. At the same time as making the documentary, I've just written and released a book and now I'm on to the next book whilst writing another book. So it's not that I'm not about like getting stuff done, but when did we like just buy into this book bullshit lie that we're being sold that we have to be the biggest the greatest the shiniest the most wonderful the most happy the most this the most that it's a mm. bullshit lie <laughs> yeah yeah well I guess do you think that it comes down to as well our definition of success and that yeah. we are told that to be successful you need to be the best the, the richest the number one kind of thing um and actually someone else Real, I love this conversation that I had with Kerry Wood, actually, name drop. And he was talking about how you should never let anyone else define your success and what that means to you. Yes. And I love that so much. Like one of my favorite photographers in the world, Jasmine Start, she defined success for her. Like her mum had terminal brain cancer. And for her, success was having a business that was doing well enough that she could go and have lunch with her during the week instead of being tied up in this, you know, corporate job. And I'm like, isn't that everything? Like, isn't that so cool? Instead of getting so caught up in all this other external stuff, can it be like showing up, and for me, showing up in some capacity every day talking about self-worth is actually my definition of success. If I can impact one person and remind them that they're good enough as they are, that's success, is it not? Yes, of course. Yeah. Because, it, because it's your life. Yeah. Not anybody else's life, it's yours. Yeah. You know, and they, they have that saying, we come into this world alone and we leave this world alone. And not to be yeah. morbid about it. <laughs> but, you know, but, but it really is. And I don't know if it's an age thing. As, as I age, I, you know, I, I, I get like a different perspective. But it's like, it's like, well, you know, what, what do I want to do with the next, you know, maybe 40, maybe oh, <laughs> not even 50, I would imagine. But, you know, somewhere between 40 and 50 years, if I'm lucky. Like, what do I actually want to do? I actually want to do what I want to do. You know, yeah. I don't want to be defined by somebody else's definition of success, mm -hmm. you know, or what, I, what they think I should be doing. Because they're yeah. not me and they're not, they're not living my life. And I think it's all, that, that all ties in with finding your purpose. You know, I, mm -hmm. I don't, I would love to do a study on how many people actually f sit down and go, what, what the fuck is it all about? Mm. You know, what, what is my life all about? What is this all about? I'm pretty sure that almost all of us must do that at some point, right? It, I think at some point. I think a lot of people do it towards the end, though. Well, they shouldn't. They should be doing it earlier. <laughs> Agreed. Do it earlier. Like do the shit that you want to do. <laughs> totally. I know, but then that's the thing. I feel like something that I've noticed anyway in a lot of people that I know is that there seems to be this tendency to look at what can you get from life? What can you get from other people as opposed to what you can give? And I feel like that's the bigger question. When we're sitting there saying, what is the point of life? What is our purpose? That's actually about what we can do like what we can contribute which is a very different place to be sitting in than yeah then going like so you always rant about social media I rant about the checklist right and life and how we are we're so like you've got to get the husband and you've got to get the degree in the house and and the, the two and a half children and the dog and then sit in your nine to five until the end of your life you know and that's kind of like what we're told 
this is how it should be. So then, yeah, so maybe then we don't actually have the courage to even say, well, what would I actually do though? What do I want to do? If I wasn't so consumed with what everyone else is doing, yes. I don't know. <laughs> no, yeah. I, I to- yeah, I, I totally agree with you. You know, we are from, I like, our de- I don't know about the upcoming generations if they'll have more flexibility but but definitely i was i was brought up you know with that kind of expectation not not necessarily from my family but like that societal expectation the unsaid expectation um that that is what that is what you do and i think when you go along with it it's not until you're doing the same thing and and you know there's a lot of people who really love the job that they do and they're really happy and they've worked really hard and it was something that they knew they always wanted to do and they're there. But I also know that there's a lot of people who all of a sudden in their thirties or forties go, man, like I have this giant house, which I'm too tired to clean because I'm working this (laughs) job and I don't actually really enjoy it. And I can't give it up because I've got a loan on the car and we paid for that holiday on the credit card and I have this big massive TV and this and that and the next thing. Yeah. So we feel like, like we're trapped and it's, 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 ah, uh, I don't know. It's just, isn't it really annoying that, that those kind of thoughts come when we find ourselves in that situation where we feel like we have no choice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, rather than doing the things that, that we, we want to do, for ourselves Mm. I think that's yeah I I mean I feel our culture is all about conforming though so it's there aren't very many people that really seem to want to step out of the box you know there's safety in following the rules and you know what to expect or we think we do it's so interesting lately I've been having all these conversations with people about control and this perception of control and how um we think that in life we're in control, which is hilarious to me. Like, because if you talk to anyone, like how many people do you know had someone suddenly die or suddenly leave them or they got this, you know, whatever, like their job was gone, any number of things, but this, this fear. And I feel like it's, it just comes from this really deep space of fear, right? That, okay, well, I'm going to get married on this day and then we're going to have a house within three years. And then I'm going to stay at this job until I do this. And then I'll slowly, you know, it's like, okay, but I don't know. I feel like we miss out as well. If we're, if we're constantly like holding on to, we're going to do it like this. It's like, you're not open to receiving anything new, but, and that's where the, the magic is, right? When there's through the cracks, like things can come to us that we never like ideas or inspirations or I don't know, want it like you could have the the best idea to start this dream business or to pursue this that would actually lead to this, this and this. But if we're yeah, if we've got to be brave enough to do something different that goes against the norm and then I guess we've gone full circle here, deal with the judgment because people don't get it. If you do something that's like a bit radical and like out of the box well, people don't like it. And like, I think the older generations are still very much like be responsible, get the responsible job that will pay your mortgage. So you can invest in a property and da, 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 da. I don't know. I'm just rambling now. <laughs> yeah, but we do like, and again, that's, I'll go back to like the Tony Robbins thing and, and the basic human needs. And we do have a need for certainty, you know, when you have no certainty yeah. in your life, that's also going to cause you a lot of grief and anxiety. So it's yeah. about having, it's about having that uncertainty and certainty that um Mm. you know it's about finding that balance as well the thing is that that some people are very happy and don't question or you know they're happy to go along in the societal expectation and they're very content and I look at those people and I think oh god I envy you so much you know I wish I could be like that as well (laughs) you know and I mean it's it's a great thing so I'm not like I don't want to I, I, I don't want to say that it's a, that it's a bad thing, but I do think that, mm. you know, we, we do have those needs and however, however we meet those needs, I think that there needs to be balance in accordance with who we are at our core. Now me, I've yeah. never really been a conformer. Like my whole life, I've never, I've <laughs> never really conformed. Like I've tried and, and in those yeah. things I felt most uncomfortable. Right. Yeah. I get it. Yeah. 
I've gone through stages where I've been a bit of a loose cannon. Really? Imagine <laughs> <laughs> my surprise. <laughs> you know, and and so, but but I'm comfortable. I'm comfortable in that space. Not when I went through, like I, I went through a stage of like that self-sabotage thing. And yeah, you know, that was not healthy and that was not good. However, mm-hmm. you know, that, that thing of like the whole reason that Rob and I are making the documentary is because, you know, we have that inside us both, which is that non-conformist. It's like, oh, really? That's going on? Well, I'm going to say something about that. And we all have that, I think, inside us to a varying, a varying degree. Yeah. No, I think it's just about, yeah, again, I think it's just about finding that balance. I mean, if I knew everything for certain, I would pretty soon get bored. But if I had too much variety in my life, though, I would freak out. Yeah. Yeah. And what, what you're saying about uh, control. And I, I, I talk about this too, and I feel like you're covering quite a lot of topics in my new book there. But um, the, oh, yes. topic control, <laughs> the topic of control, <laughs> um, yeah, there are certain things that are within our circle of control and certain things that are in our circle of concern. And it's a really, it's a really good exercise to start practicing what is inside our circle of concern, like things that happen on the news, things that are going on that we have actually we cannot change the outcome of we need to Mm. find a way to to take a step back from those things and the things that are within our circle of control we need to to be able to take responsibility to make change if those things are not working for us but you're absolutely right you just don't know you just don't know what life has in store and like you say with with terminal illness or relationship breakup or you know any of those kind of things losing our jobs you know so we could build this false sense of security that we have a mortgage so we you know we have a house and and we have the marriage and the the 2.5 kids and the dog and the white picket fence <laughs> yeah a recession could hit and we lose our jobs you know then we lose yeah. we lose that that sense of security so yeah. Uh, yeah and then of course being flexible is the ability to be flexible is a is a really key skill for those times when life does throw us a curveball. Mm. I don't know if yeah. I've ever gone off topic. We we totally have, but I love this. So if we because this is a thing though, like like we can't really look at why we care so much about what other people think in isolation. There are all these contributing factors. However, if we had to sum it up succinctly Zareen <laughs> yes what would it be why what why do you think and you know one paragraph that we care so much about what other people think I think that I think that there are many reasons I'm sorry I know you want me to just give like one reason <laughs> there are many reasons and that is that is partly because of us being afraid of confirming the thing that we we feel we shouldn't be doing or we shouldn't have done mm-hmm we like to think of ourselves as a good person. Mm-hmm. We want to belong. Mm-hmm. We don't want to stand out from the crowd in a negative way. So, oh yeah, that's good. It's, yeah. Not, it's not that we're afraid of all judgment. We're afraid of negative judgment. Okay, because if we're being judged in a in a wonderful light, well, yeah. everyone's going to want a piece of that action, aren't they? Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's so and, good. That is so good. Yeah. So I think when it comes to judgment and, and here's the other thing as well that, that I, I want to say around that as well is um, we really are not that significant to other people because other people are so bu- busy worrying about what other people are thinking of them. They don't think about us half as much as we think they do. Yeah. You know, obviously our close loved ones and uh, are important people. Yeah, that's a whole different different story again. Mm-hmm. But de- because they can influence us in, in other ways because we can compare. It's easy to compare ourselves to our siblings and, and you've got all that, which is probably for another podcast or we just don't have time to talk about it today. Um, <laughs> but yes, that's not really one paragraph. I'm sorry. I don't that's think good. of the stuff I talk about can be summed up in one paragraph. <laughs> I agree. So then where do we actually start with healing some of this fear 
Well, first of all, you have, I think you have to look at that thing of, is this actually because, as I've said a few times, is this something that I'm actually not happy with about myself? And why am I not happy mm -hmm. about that? And what can I do to actually resolve that inner conflict? Then the other way that we can deal with it is to go, well, that person who's negatively judging me, they might have a whole lot of stuff going on for them. Maybe they would see it in a, in a different light on a different day. Does their opinion actually matter? Like in the grand scheme of things, does it matter? If you are a business person, uh, an entrepreneur, a business person, and you are promoting your products or your services online, and you do a post, and you get like random people who you don't even know write in nasty comments, you can pretty much guarantee, I'm gonna judge them now, you can pretty much guarantee that they're probably doing that to other people too, right? It's not just gonna be mm -hmm. you, because you're not that significant. So um, I think that's the other thing as well that, that you need to uh, take on board, is that actually, what is it they say, what's happening today is like tomorrow, it'll be, it'll be somebody else's news, it'll be something else. Yeah. So, so why, sorry, why do you think though that, you know, everyone says if you get nine positive comments and then one negative one will fixate on the negative one. Is that because it goes against us feeling like we're a good person or because it triggers our sense of like not feeling like we belong? Why do you think that is? It's to do with our, our belief. So if you, if you have a negative belief about something, for example, and again, I talk about this in the book. For example, if your belief, if you've grown up and your parents have told you you're not good enough, you're not good enough in school, you're not getting enough good enough grades, rah, rah, look at your brother, look at your sister, all this kind of stuff, and you've grown up with that. Let's see, this is just an example. Mm -hmm. And you, you've grown up with a belief, I'm, I'm not good enough, I need to do better, I need to work harder. And then you start a new job. So your rule, your rule is if I get everything right in my work then all is well in my world right that's your rule book for not mm -hmm. rules you start a new job and you expect on your first week not to make any mistakes and then you make two or three mistakes your rule gets broken and mm -hmm. you will you someone will say to you like you have nine people who come up and say, you're doing a really good job, well done. It's your first week, it's okay. You've done a really good job, blah, blah. And then someone says to you, you have done an excellent job, but I did notice that you made a mistake here and here's the way to do it for next time. Mm -hmm. Because your belief is so strong, your narrative is so strong around that, your role your rules get broken because you've not performed, somebody has said anything, and it confirms the belief that you have. It confirms mm. the belief that you have to get it right and it has to be really good in order for you to feel like you have succeeded in that area of your life. Yeah, yeah. Does that make sense? It does, yeah, it totally does. Yeah, so then I guess, the way to start to counteract this stuff and this fear is actually about us getting really clear um, and self-aware and confronting our own beliefs and like looking at where they're coming from. Yeah. It's not about, oh, we need more. If we had more likes on Facebook, it wouldn't matter. No, that's irrelevant, actually. Oh, God, if, no. if we had a million yeah. likes. Yeah. But it's like if we had a million likes on Facebook and someone wrote, you suck on a post, we'd probably cry ourselves to sleep if we haven't actually done the work behind the scenes to address where these beliefs and these fears are coming from. Okay, let me ask you a question. If you had a million likes on a Facebook page that you did, mm -hmm. who would care about that? Who are the I wouldn't. People that care? <laughs> yeah. So I would really yeah. care because you would be like, oh, wow, I've got, I've got a million likes and, you know, that is a great thing, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. So you would care in that context. And... Maybe the people who are comparing themselves to you, who see you as competition, would care, right? Mm -hmm. But then tomorrow, who would care? And the next day after that, who would care? And who would care yeah. the day after that, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, don't get me wrong. It's important for business to, to do well. And I'm not taking away from that in any way. I'm talking about this purely on a how we, how we think 
you know, like as individuals, like for ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Okay. All right. Now tell us about your new book. Okay. (laughs) And then we'll give one away. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) So it is the tiny life guru is my, is my new book that um, has just been published. And it's basically just a little, it's like an introduction, like a beginner's guide or a refresher into some of the ways that we work, like why we do what we do, why we get pissed off, why we have emotional meltdowns. It talks about some of the stuff that we've talked about today. So it talks about communication um, and projection. I talk about those beliefs, narratives, where they come from, how they affect us, talk about our human needs, talk about uh, our purpose. So it's 10 chapters. It's a small book. So it is just literally a guide. And it's basically the set out is that in the book, I tell you a little bit about the topic, give you a little story to give it some context. And then at the end of each chapter, there is the option to do ex- an exercise on it. So maybe answer questions, fill out, I have a table for some of them. You just fill out the table. And that is so that you can um, write down how that impacts on you and what's going on for you in your life at that point. Yeah. yeah. The time Amazing. Available from Amazon. So cool. And you're going to give one away. Yay, give away. Yes. yes. So we'll you autograph it (laughs) of course (laughs) I kind of want it myself I always wanted the first autograph one but that's all right um so what we should do what we should do is if we get people to share this podcast Uh and tag us in it and tell us their biggest takeaway that would be cool and then yeah and then because I get people telling me stuff quoting you constantly so I'd actually love to hear it and for you to see it as well so if you guys want to share the podcast or even screenshot it and just tag me and Zareen. Now what are they tagging you? Burnt out with fat wings? No, or no, would you like to be tagged my publishing company now. So it's just oh. Zareen Chic Cope. Cool. Okay. And your name will be there so people can spell it because I know people struggle with this. Yes, it's, it's on it's on the book and maybe when you um write up about the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. It'll be in the description, everything. So yeah, we'll, and then we'll draw a name out a week after it's been posted. So that will be awesome. Fantastic. Sweet. Well, as usual, time flies with you. <laughs> yeah, so yes, again, thank you so much for all your wisdom and we've created 20 new podcast topics in this conversation. <laughs> oh, I know, right? <laughs> Oh my God. We'll never run out of things to talk about. Yeah, I know. It's so much fun. That's like, you're so much fun to talk to Mon on the podcast and and in person as well. Like, (laughs) it's so cool. Could talk to you forever. I know. I know. We should probably just get married, but we'll talk about (laughs) that later. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Thank you so much again. And I'm sure you'll be back very, very soon. Yes, thank you so much, Monica. Okay, see you later. Bye. Bye.